0: In Cut the Clutter today, we are featuring Odisha, the state on the eastern coast. I know the expectation is that we talk about Telangana because that's the state going to the polls in a few days. We will do that. We will do Telangana and we will also I will also try and draw in some of my colleagues who have been covering that state. But not today. Today, why Odisha? Odisha is not, not going to the polls. So, Shekhar Gupta, what's wrong with you? Why are you... Why are you doing Kahi Pe Pe Nishana while everybody's attention, everybody's eyes on Telangana, you are talking about Odisha. That's because some interesting change has taken place in Odisha or more than a change An interesting development has taken place in Odisha. And before I go any deeper into the issue, let me also do something I haven't done for quite some time and that's where I'm at fault. That is to remind our viewers, particularly our overseas viewers, there's a lot of you across the world. I know you like the print and the stuff we put out, please pay for it. What will it cost you? Just $10 a month, it's nothing. $10 a month. $100 $100 for the year, so if you haven't taken a paid subscription yet, please do so and if you have one already, please top it up. Because it's only, it's only when readers and viewers pay that good journalism can grow and thrive. I leave it to you. Now Odisha, as we know, has been governed by the same Chief Minister for more than 23 years now. Naveen Patnayak, now 77 years old. He has now become the second longest-serving chief minister in India. So he has gone ahead of Jyoti Basu of West Bengal. He is still only the second, maybe another year and he will become the longest-serving. Leading the pack is, of course, Pawan Chambling, the former chief minister of Sikkim, who ruled for 24 years, 166 days. Jyoti Basu had 23 years, 137 days. Naveen Patnayak has gone well past it. Now, one question about Naveen Patnayak has always been and the state of Odisha, because we know that he and his party, that is Biju Janta Dal, they pretty much own the state of Odisha, particularly when it comes to power in the state. Its traditional rival, the Congress has been completely decimated with some help from Congress itself, right? At the same time, even the BJP, which has tried to fight him, has not been able to do so. He to that extent, has become a sui-generous political power on the east coast of India. There is one more, you, you might say, there is one more Jagan, Jagan, Jagan Mohan Reddy, Vice Jagan Mohan Reddy in Andhra Pradesh, but his party has split away from the Congress party. In effect, he had taken away the Congress party with himself. So that case is a bit different from Naveen Patnaik's. His father set up his own party and... Taking, off, taking over from his father, Naveen, who had spent most of his life overseas, came back and built his party into such a humongous power that nobody has been able to shake him for five elections, and next year, he'll be seeking his sixth term. The important question that always arose, however, was that Naveen Patnayak no longer has a family, what, in, in the sense that even his sister, who was seen sometimes with him, Spent some time with him often in Bhuvaneshwar. She is no more unfortunately. Geeta Mehta, the writer, she passed away. He never got married so he doesn't have any progeny, any children. He doesn't have a successor within his family. Even Prem Patnayak, the older brother, is not really interested so he does not have a successor in the family and so far he hasn't built a successor in the party. Although there has been some speculation, wherever there is politics, there will be speculation. There is some that his nephew, his brother Prem Patnaik, son Arun, he might be likely successor. But so far, we haven't seen him anywhere in his politics or in his government. This is pure speculation as yet. So the whole point was, the whole question was, very intriguing and also delicious for his rivals. That question was after Naveen, who? So the idea was that once Naveen goes, he becomes too tired, too old. He's 77 years old. After all, he's also had some health challenges in the past. Although his mind is all there, he's very sharp, he's very smart, he's fully in control. But at some point, at some point, there will be need for a successor. And because his party will not have a successor, his party will then fall apart. And then all those who are in a good position to do so will pick up those pieces. In this case, BJP will be, more, will be the most likely beneficiary because in the last couple of elections, BJP has emerged clearly as the number two party in Odisha. That's what BJP was waiting for. So the question was, Will there be a successor? Will he anoint a successor? We also know we also know that strong leaders do not like to anoint successors in their lifetime because there is always a sense that if I appoint a successor or if I anoint a successor, then that successor could become a challenger and successors can get impatient that, look, this guy wants me to succeed him. Why should I wait 10 years for what can happen a couple of years within a couple of years? And those stories play out in politics, in succession struggles with with royal families everywhere. So to that extent, the BJP might have been licking their chops hoping that he will not he will not have a successor and he will go away. And then just like the British did in the past when a ruler when a, when a princely ruler died without a successor, the British played their own games, particularly East India Company. BJP would have thought that they will have an opportunity in Odisha. So, what has happened now? What has he done today? And what is the reason we are featuring Odisha today in Cut the Clutter and not Telangana? Reason is he is now he is now not anointed a successor, but somebody who's been widely seen as a person speaking for him, as a person fronting for him, as the person most powerful, the most powerful person. Next to him, a civil servant, a 2000 batch IAS officer of Odisha cadre, V. v Karthikeyan Pandyan. Pandian. He he has left his service. He left his service a few days back, a while back. Now he is joined Biju Janata Dal. So all of this while, there was speculation, there was whispers, there was gossip, and generally. In the corridors, in Bhuvaneshwar, people said, oh, this man will be the successor to the chief minister. Now, the questions were, he's not from the family, the chief minister's family. He's from All India Services. All right, you can have a civil servant as your successor, but he's not even in Odia. He's actually a Tamil. So how could he be successor? Now, whether he becomes a successor or not, he's the most powerful person in Odisha government after the chief minister. He's today joined the party, the chief minister's party. So once again, we can draw we can draw a logical conclusion that he now takes over as the second most powerful man in the party. And once again, nobody has named him successor. But we are seeing the rise of a possible successor. So the chances are that he will contest elections now in Odisha. He's already been running all the affairs of the state as chairman of what is called as 5T in Odisha. 5T is a unique organization that Odisha government set up, while in service, he was made chairman of this organization, 5T. The 5Ts are teamwork, technology, transparency, transformation, time. Now all of these provided, they were to be some kind of a, provide some kind of a North star for all of Odisha government. Translate that into simpler English or Hindi. I can't do it in Odia, unfortunately. What translated into simple English or Hindi means is that all the other departments of the government then look up to the 5T or Chairman 5T for direction on what they are doing and also that department under Chairman of 5T is also evaluating their performance. So Idea so I've told you in English and in Hindi, simpler English and, and, and Hindi. Now, he had that all-powerful position. So he's had a 360-degree view of the government. Even while he was in service, he had started going out for, for public meetings. In fact, his public meetings were very heavily attended. In fact, I will share with you a story done by our reporter, Nutan Sharma, who had gone traveling to Odisha. See that story, and you will see, you will see the screenshot r- r- running on your screens, and the story will also run on your, on your screen. I will share a link also with you. And if you see it early enough, the story, early part, she tells you how VK Pandyan was going for public rallies and and In a place called Deogar, where the ground, the playground or the the stadium had a capacity of 12,000, 20,000 people had come. And he was even collecting people's complaints and petitions. So he was pretty much speaking for the chief minister. It is his rise today which has been the most important political event in Odisha in a very long time. And that is the reason... Odisha is back in focus because now Nabeen Patnayak has shown that he is going to be around, his legacy is going to be around and his party is going to be around. So anybody who might have thought after Nabeen Patnaik who... Once again, I'm careful. I'm not saying that he's appointed a successor. So we don't know. We can't say for sure that there is a successor. But for anybody thinking after Naveen Patnaik, who now there is something to think about. So that question has risen. Now, Naveen Patnaik himself is a very unusual character in Indian politics. If you look at Indian politics, there are very few leaders in India. In fact, there's hardly any, probably no leader in India who's never been in the Congress, and who's never been, who's never partnered the Congress. You might say, Jagan, Jagan further north of Odisha. In a way, you can say, yes, he's never been with Congress. But he took away the Congress. So he used to be in Congress. He was an MP in Congress. No such thing with Naveen Patnaik. His father used to be in the Congress until 1969 when he broke away, Biju Patnaik. I, I will tell you more about it. As we go along, again, BRS. K.C.R. K. Chandrasekhar Rao, he used to be in the Congress a long time back, and then broke away, set up his own party, etc. Mamta Banerjee, Mamta Banerjee used to be in the Congress party, has also shared power with the Congress party while running her own party and and her own government in the state. I know the really smart ones amongst you, which is a lot of people, will point out that there are other parties also which have never partnered with the Congress. INLD in Haryana, for example, Shuramani And there they might be some more, but those are very limited parties with very limited appeals in much smaller states. There might be one out in the Northeast as well. I am talking about major parties from major states. Whereas, whereas Naveen Patnayak for 23 years now has been chief minister without ever having partnered the Congress party and he did not do so earlier either. His father passed away in 1997. That's when he, that's when he entered politics, came in completely as an outsider, but has defined anti-congressism as his politics, which is also easy to understand because in his state, in Odisha, Congress was in power then, there was a complete, there was a direct there was a direct conflict of interest between them. He could not have gone with Congress and, and for a long time, Congress remained his main rival. So to begin with, he actually partnered the BJP. He partnered Mr. Bajpayee's BJP and that partnership continued because that gave him a hedge, that gave him a hedge in the state against the Congress party because their votes got combined. And second, most importantly, it gave him and his party people a position in Delhi. So initially, before, before he became chief minister, he also became a cabinet minister in Delhi in, Vajpayee, in the Vajpayee cabinet. He was Minister for Steel and Mines, exactly the same portfolio that his late father had held in the, in the Janata Party government of Moraji Desai post-1977. After that, he became chief minister. Then you see that, then see the moves he's made after that. He came in as as an outsider, really as an anglophone politician who had spoken very little Odia, who could speak very little Odia. He was an outsider. His own social circuit, his circle of his friends, were all people who might describe, you might describe as the five star people, the elites of Delhi, elites of New York. He had written about books on art, culture. He was himself an artist. He had also co authored a book with Jacqueline Kennedy. So he really used to walk the charmed circle internationally. From that he came to Odisha and set up his politics. And see his move since then. He continued on with the BJP. 2009 election, he contested on his own and so on and so forth. These elections have gone on and he's been on his own. At the same time, he's shrewd enough not to fight with the BJP. Now, one Hallmark of the Nabeen style of politics is that he has, he has, that he has never fallen into the trap of trying to become a national leader. That's why you will never find he or any of his people plugging his name as a likely candidate for prime minister in case there is a coalition government. You've seen almost everybody's name mentioned there, including KCRs in Telangana, but never Nabeen Patnaik's because he himself will never encourage that He's self-contained He's happy in his state. He also wants the people of his, of his state to feel comfortable that he's not going away anywhere because they have, they have a great deal of faith in him. And he also has a paternalistic view of his presence there, which is something that the people of Odisha respond to. In some of my more cynical moments, I used to say that he will continue winning in Odisha as long as people keep voting against the Congress party's chief minister, for, last chief minister for some period whose rule was really messy and who left a trail of corruption and controversies, etc. In fact, in that assembly term, Congress party had had three chief ministers. So, Janki Bala Patnaik for most of it, that is, that is 1995 onwards. Janki Balla Patnaik for most of it, then Girdhar Gamang, the tribal leader, who has now joined BRS, and finally, Hemananda, Viswal for just about 90 days or so so three chief ministers under uh, in in one assembly after that nabin Patnaya came people saw it as a relief and people also saw him as a leader who was not corrupt as a leader who was not corrupt who did not have who did not have any greed because because he was born in wealth he had plenty of wealth of, of his own he is in fact if anything he seemed to he seemed to be somebody who gave up his wealth and came back to the state to quote unquote serve the people of the state, he would, he would wear ordinary simple chappals, a kurta pajama, and there are stories about him that he has only two sets of clothes, which is quite possible because even on the odd occasion that I have met him, it looks like he is wearing, <laughs> wearing the same thing. His home is very Spartan and Bhuvaneshwar, most unlike the life he might have led in the past. He is very understated, he is not even a great public speaker, and I will tell you a personal story. I set up a Walk the Talk interview with him. So the first time we recorded and he had chosen the spot, we went to one of these Ashokan edicts and recorded in front of the Ashokan edict. But he was very tongue-tied and much though I prodded him, I got nothing out of him. So we came back with hangdog expressions, my producer, cameraman and I, we came back and we played played that footage again and we figured that there was no point running it. So I went back to him. And I said, Naveen, we can't run this because you haven't spoken at all. So, and maybe, maybe it's better that we don't publish it. I will come back and you also then decide what you want to say because once you are doing an interview, you should talk more. So sometime, so so sometime later, I came back to Bhumneshwar. We set up a fresh interview and we went to Kunak Temple. Again, again he chose the venue and there he spoke very freely. It was a very different Naveen But but again, completely non-controversially. So in 2006, I had a Walk the Talk interview with him, which we recorded at Sun Temple in Konark. And I asked him about his past life. And he said, look, that was one life. I have now left it. I am now here and I am really enjoying it. And I think there is a lot to do. And and people have reciprocated that renunciation, as, as they see it. And this acquired simplicity and Spartan way of life. The other thing you will notice about Naveen Patnaik is that he almost never speaks on a national political issue and never on a controversy. Even when he is attacked, he never responds and he never attacks anybody. So he is not seeking controversy. He is the least headline making of all our senior powerful politicians. How popular he is? You can see the graphics. You can see graphic number one. That will ru- run on your screen. That is the graphic of assembly elections in the state. You will find that from 2000, his vote percentage is solid. Nobody comes near him. Now, there might be a little distortion in 2000 and 2004 because those elections, he's contested in partnership with the BJP. So his vote vote percentage looks even higher than normal, 51%. But you might also say that, oh, look, if his, if his vote percent is 51%, BJP is 43 point something percent, Congress is 30, 30, 34, so 51, 42 is 93 plus 34. So how can, how can all of it add up to more than 125%? It's not like that these are percentages for seats each one contested. So these are, these are vote percentages that each party got in the seats they contested in 2000 and 2004, because he and BJP were partners. So they both contested in a limited number of seats. But see, so even while partnering with the BJP in 2000, in 2000 he won a majority by himself, 84 in a house of 147. In 2004, that is the year where BJP did badly and Mr. Vajpayee lost power nationally also. In that year, he did not get a majority by himself. He got 61, so that was short of majority out of 147. BJP got 32 and they formed a coalition together. In the course of time, however, by 2009, he had dumped the BJP. And again, see the vote percentages now and the number of seats. He got 44% of the vote in 2009. And 103 seats, 103 out of 147, that's a landslide. BGP just got 15%, Congress was down to 29%, but continued to be his main rival. 2014, again, he got 117 seats. So, his seats actually went up. Instead of incumbency working against him, incumbency was now working for him. There are Very few unusual cases like that in our politics. So we got 117 now, again vote percentage solid, ossified of of, of about 44%. BJP also was now frozen and Congress again frozen, although still on the declining side at about 25%. Switch again to 2019. This is when Mr. Modi wins his even bigger landslide all over the country and also wins 8 seats out of 21 in Odisha. And I will tell you why that is important. In that election, in the Assembly, Naveen Patnaik still got his 44% vote. His vote percentage in Odisha is as ossified, as solid as the rocks on which Ashokan edicts have been carved in his state and which have been lying there for more than 2,000 years Unaffected by, unaffected by ravages of time. And again in 2019, he won 112 seats. The BJP did better this time because this was the new Modi wave. BJP got 32.4% vote in 2019. But at whose cost? That vote did not come at BJD's cost because BJD's vote percentage, as I told you, is the same 43% plus. That came from the Congress party as the Congress party came down now from 25.7% votes to 17% vote. How does this square with the fact that Narendra Modi and BJP won 8 out of 21 seats in the state? Once again, Odisha has taught us that now the grown-up Indian voter is making a distinction between the vote for the state government, electing the state government. And the central government because they went into the polling booth voting for both at the same time at the same time on the same day at the same moment and they made this different decision so if you look at parliament election in parliament election 2014 bjp got one seat with 21 percent vote in 2019 bjp shot up bjp went to 38 percent once again, they have mostly shot up because they have vacuum cleaned the Congress vote share. So Congress has gone down, BJP has gone from 21 to 38, Congress has gone down from 26 to 13. So about 13% share that the Congress has lost, 13 percentage points, that has been vacuumed out by the BJP. BJD has still not lost any vote share. With this vote share, however, however, the BJP won Eight seats in the state. Eight out of twenty one, Congress got one, BJD got twelve. Important thing is, even after that, BJD has continued to vote alongside BJP in Rajya Sabha and in Lok Sabha as well on, on most of the issues which are important for the BJP, Article 370, for example, and many other many other issues after that, including including the change in the status of Delhi. So that is where that is how. That is how he has fought the BJP in his state, as BJP is now becoming a bigger rival than the Congress Party. Having destroyed the Congress Party, the BJP, however, has not been able to take any space from him. BJP BJP has moved into the Congress Party's space. And that is the reason why his politics has remained so durable. Now, what are the reasons why he's doing so well? We told you about how astutely he runs his politics, the fact that people see him as somebody who's renounced his wealth and renounced his five-star lifestyle and his social circuit to come to their humble state, to live in a very modest way, etc. But there are other things. For example, Clean image. So far, no scandal has stuck to him. And once again, people say, Uska to aage b- b- koi hai nahi. he doesn't have a family, he doesn't have any relatives. So who will he make money for? That's one. Clean image, very important in Indian politics. Number two, simple lifestyle, equally important in Indian politics. That's the reason you see Arvind Kejriwal always, always, always carrying that 2 rupee or 5 rupee or 10 rupee pen in his pocket. Nothing nothing, nothing fancy anywhere on his body. So, so simple lifestyle is something that, that the voters like. Three, no family. Voters seem to like it. That's what they like about Prime Minister Modi as well. Next, welfare schemes. So he's got a lot of welfare schemes. And once again, just as the centre might be doing it on a national basis, he's also delivering them very efficiently in his state. And he's got a group of good civil servants who are doing all this stuff for him. Good civil servants and monitoring is good and obviously V.K. Pandyan was one of them, also part of the monitoring. One of the important examples I'd like to mention to you is the, is the, is the, his health scheme. So Government of India, Modi government came up with Ayushman Bharat scheme. Odisha is today one of the four states that did not Follow the Ayushman Bharat scheme. The other three being Delhi, Telangana, and West Bengal. What Odisha has done, on the other hand, is they have their own scheme, and this is called this is called Biju Swasthya Kalyan Yojna, BSKY. In that scheme, in fact, the welfare, the welfare amount, also the disease covered. Etc. Are much more than Ayushman Bharat scheme, and Ayushman Bharat scheme covers you for hospitalisation for or for inpatient services. His scheme, his scheme, the Odisha scheme covers you also for outpatient services. So that is that is only one of the many things he's got. Many many schemes for farmers, etc. So he's got his welfare schemes. At the same time, he's kept his fiscal deficit from going out of control. In fact, Odisha for the past twenty years has averaged for growth more than the national average, which is saying something we know the base is low no, because Odisha was always a very poor state. But if you look at the overall size of the economy, then between 2001-2002, when Odisha's GSDP, the state GDP, was 46,756 crores, in 2324, current year, it's now estimated at 8,61,507 crores. That is a growth of 185 five times I know we are not talking in constant rupees now and those adjustments will be made but basically if you see that in 20 years he's grown above his state state under him has grown at above averaging above seven percent last year the state's growth rate was 7.8 percent the first post covid year until until covid the previous decade, decade preceding covid was 7.1 percent so the state has a lot of growth again a very poor state so starting from a starting from a very low base but when people see growth people people acknowledge it next his adjustments with the bjp and his ability to limit his ambitions he's never fallen for the temptation of of throwing his hat in the ring for the big job at the center. He's happy, he's satisfied in his state. That's the reason you will not find BJD becoming a member of any other coalitions which are opposed to the central government. He, he's not part of India, for example. So he's chosen his battlefield and he's not going to venture away from it. And finally, what works from him most of all, is the incompetence of the Congress party in the state. Combination of all that, once again, remember, Odisha is not a small state in terms of the members it sends to national parliament. It's generally in the same ballpark as Rajasthan, 25, Gujarat, 26, Madhya Pradesh, a little, little bit higher, 29, Karnataka, 28, Kerala, 20. So these are states who send MPs to Lok Sabha in the ballpark of 20, right, 20 to 30. So Odisha belongs there, it's an important state, much more important than Telangana which sends 17 MPs, Chhattisgarh which sends 11 MPs, even Punjab which has 13 MPs. So that puts Odisha in perspective and that also puts in perspective a peculiar, unique politics of a very important state in India and also the remarkable story of an unlikely leader and politician.